What's going on guys? We're back. It's UFC 269. This is our second show of Hook and Ladder Fight presented to you by Hook and Ladder Sports. I'm here with my co-host Dylan Hub. What are you doing? We're going to dive right into this. Dustin Poirier versus Charles Oliveira at the top for the for the heavy uh for the lightweight championship. They'll slip up already, but we're going to dive right into this. Uh, we're going to cover a prelim fight. Uh, I'm going to cover Dominic Cruz versus Pedro Munoz, and then we're going to dive right into the uh, to the main card. Dylan's going to cover his favorite prelim fight in the heavyweight division. Tuatai Vaza versus Augusto Saikai, rank 11. Very nice. I'm going to start it off with Dominic Cruz versus Pedro Munoz. I'll get right into it. Dominic Cruz, Bantamweight legend. He basically created the Bantamweight division. And as of right now, he's the number nine ranked Bantamweight. And Pedro Munoz is the number eight ranked Bantamweight. Dominic Cruz, record of 23-3, former Bantamweight champion, of course. Pedro Munoz, 19-6, along with a no contest. Dom is coming off of a win. Munoz is coming off of a loss. Tell the tape. Yeah, but who did he lose to? Who did he lose to? Jose Aldo, baby. Yes, sir. Jose Aldo. And Jose Aldo is coming off of a big win Where's against Rob Font. Yep. All right. So now, tell the tape right here. Pedro Munoz, 5'6", official weigh-in weight, 135 pounds. Dominic Cruz, 5'8", 135 pounds. Dom has the edge with reach at 68 inches. Munoz at 64 and a half inches. Leg reach. Dom has it by just half an inch, 37 inches. Munoz, 36 and a half inches. Okay. Now with this right here, before I predict who's going to win, Dom is very crafty with his footwork. Very unorthodox style of fighting. Relies on the footwork. Knows that he can get cracked, so he's going to rely on his movements to not get cracked. Um, we've all seen his very... Like, you know, just unorthodox style with his footwork, just moving around with the hips, bouncing around, bouncing around with his shoulders. In keep, and out, in and yeah, out. just in and out, stuff like that. He's very vulnerable to leg kicks and body kicks. Yeah. So, you know, things could go wrong there for him, too, because Munoz can definitely break out the calf kicks, you know, weaken him down there. But in all honesty, I feel like I feel like Cruz is going to be ready to check some kicks. Cruz is a smart fighter. Pedro doesn't kick at all, so... Yeah. Not at all. He's just a straight boxer. But that's where I feel like he could come out and uh, use something out of his arsenal tomorrow. Munoz is a good boxer, like you said. I wouldn't be surprised if he tries to shoot here and there. In total, you know, the reason why I want to cover this matchup for sure is because, like I said, Dom's definitely a bantamweight uh, legend. And I feel like this uh, fight could definitely... It could test him out where... If he gets the win, he continues to keep climbing the rankings. Or if he loses, this could just mean, He's like, you know, out. you know, possibly retire and just stay in the booth. Or he could just fight casually, meaning, like, just one fight one a year. One fight a year, yeah. Yeah. Unranked, one fight a year. I think it's better for him because he's freaking holding injury prone. Yeah, that shoulder injury took away a lot from uh, Dominic Cruz. Uh, Cruz was definitely, a, he was definitely an elite fighter before. Four years out or what? Yeah. I mean, Pedro, guy loves the chokes. Yeah. Loves the chokes. He doesn't take you to the ground. If he's taking to the ground, he's going for a choke. Exactly. It's going to happen. Eight wins by submission, five by knockout, and six by decision for Pedro. 
He's a great boxer, great to stand up, has a freaking beautiful chin. He really showed it against Garbrandt and versus Aldo. He did lose, but he went the distance. Dom has an 83% takedown defense yep. and a 46% takedown accuracy. He's done a lot of good grappling work, that's for sure. He works with a lot of really talented wrestlers. His takedown average per 15 minutes, 2.99, just about three takedowns uh, on his average. And then a submission average, very low at .06 per 15 minutes. With this fight, I see it going to a decision all in all. I feel like the first round is going to be pretty even. Then after that, I want to say that uh, they'll give the last two rounds to Dom on a 10-9. So I, I have uh, Dominic Cruz taking it by a unanimous decision. I have this going either second round KO for Pedro Munoz or split decision. Or split, split decision. decision. To Pedro? Yes. All right. I think they're going to go distance because Dominic Cruz, most of his wins are by decision. He goes the distance. He's a decision machine. 15 wins, I think, by decision? Yeah. Yeah. Pretty crazy. Now, with your fight, the heavyweight belt. Yeah, Augusto Saikai ranked 11 versus Tua Taivaza, a.k.a. Bam Bam, unranked. He's on a three-fight win streak. Augusto Saikai, he's got 11 wins by knockout, four by decision, with three losses. With his first fight, which is insane, he celebrated... He grabbed the guy's head and chopped it off. Like, pretend to grab the guy's head and he chopped it off and then he punted it. It was pretty sick. It was pretty sick. But, terrible, terrible takedown defense. Absolutely dog water. I mean, the guy literally, versus Overeem, got taken down like eight times. No fight. Just get ground to pound, no defense either. I think Tua Tavaza is going to have to take him to the ground to win this fight. He is very agile though, Tua Tavaza. Very agile, throws the knees, very unorthodox, throws everything. With a lot of power, a lot of speed, great stamina, a lot of power. I'm excited for this guy. Hopefully he does a shoey after with the Nug Boys. They're going to be there. Oh, yeah, with the happy dad. That's what he's known for. He did a shoey last fight. We ready to get into the fun? Yeah, let's do it. You want to read off the card? The main card. To let's start it off. off, we got Sean O'Malley versus... Alian Paiva. There you go. My man knows how to pronounce it. Kaikara France versus Cody Garbrandt. Cody flyweight, Garbrandt flyweight. is making his flyweight debut. Kaikara France is going to try to enter his name into the contending spots for that flyweight belt. Jeff Neal versus Santiago Ponzinibbio. There we go. Welterweight. Yeah, to end the night, Amanda Nunes versus Juliana Pena. And then, last but not least. Charles Oliveira versus Dustin Poirier. Two legends in this business. Alright, to start it off with O'Malley versus Paiva. We got Sean O'Malley, 14-1, Sugar Show versus... Alian Paiva. There we go, 21-3. Rank 15. Both coming off wins. Yep. Tell the tape, Sugar Sean O'Malley, 5'11", 135 pounds. He'll be walking around at about 150 to 155 in that octagon. Paiva, 135 official. Sean has the reach advantage at 72 inches, and Sean has the leg reach at 40 inches as well. Now we all know Sean. Huge TKO guy. Big knockout guy. Always goes for the finish. Always goes for the finish. Nothing less. Nothing more, nothing less. Paiva over here, not so much of the KOs. Big decision machine kind of guy. Yep. But don't count him out at all. 
For this one right here, Sean's huge with significant strikes. 8.25 landed per minute. 62% accuracy. That's actually the highest in the UFC, by the way. Exactly. Just because of that uh, Chris Mutino fight. Where he absolutely just laid the work well, on Mutino. Yeah, he kind of just dribbled on him a little bit. I don't know if you guys saw that. Literally dribbled on him in the middle of the fight, which is kind of embarrassing. Strikes absor- absorbed per minute. Sugar Sean O'Malley averages about 3.5. Paiva, 4.9. Grappling. Uh, we haven't seen too much out of Sugar Sean. Uh, 50% takedown accuracy. That's okay. Takedown defense, though. Paiva, 75%. Yeah. That's impressive. He's good on the ground, too. He's very good on the ground. His chin is going to be the downfall of this fight. That's yes. what I think. Paiva is absolutely battle-tested, but Sean O'Malley is hungry, and he's looking to get into that ranking. So for this one, obviously, I'm going to go with Sean O'Malley. Second round TKO. I feel like the first one, you know, we're going to see it go back and forth. Paiva might get a little uh, creative. Probably try to shoot for the takedown here and there. But if Sean stays, you know, disciplined, stuffs those takedowns, uh, keeps it on the, keeps it in stand-up, makes it a boxing match, throws some kicks here and there, it's going to go to his advantage for sure. Paiva has to be really smart with this because all Sean O'Malley has to do is just dictate the pace of the fight. If you want it to go fast and just... Land those strikes, then he'll do it. You know, Paiva just has to be really creative with his shot selection. Try not to force anything because Sean's obviously going to be waiting for you to force a shot. And then he's just going to land the counter, set up his TKO. That's why I think this is a great fight because if you watch Alain Paiva fight, he doesn't do that. He sits there and waits. He gets for a great counter shot, great shot selection. He's pretty accurate too. I mean... The one downfall of him, he always kicks off his back leg. Always mm-hmm. kicks for the leg kicks. If Sean O'Malley can just watch for that, easy. So easy. Yeah. Sean O'Malley's got to dictate the pace of this fight because Paiva's not going to do it. He's going to sit there and wait. Yeah. O'Malley's going to pick him apart for the first round, no problem. Second round, he's going for a flashy finish. He's got to go for a flashy finish. He's going to make a name for himself right now. He I, has it, but... I could totally see it. Mid-second round, Sean O'Malley sets up a good TKO, lands a 1-2... Lands a wobbles him and then of course you know while he's wobbled i feel like he's gonna end him with that with that fake that fake uppercut and then lands the hook like what he did on eddie wineland did did you watch the paiva versus uh versus kyler phillips fight let me know what you think about that one okay kyler phillips came out the gate swinging rocked him bad instantly paiva took it to the ground and he kept it on the ground the whole fight so i think he's gonna do the same thing i think he's gonna get rocked early and try to keep the fight in the ground, which he can do. That's his only hope. I hope, I hope not, because I want this fight to be flashy. Yeah, I want it to. So hopefully, Sugar Sean takedown defense is good. I do f- away from the clinch. Yeah, yeah, I do feel like uh, Sean O'Malley has definitely put a lot into his uh, into sharpening up his grappling, though, because him and Tim Welch have put a lot of work in with jujitsu. Uh, Paiva obviously is uh, Cody Garbrandt's teammate, and they've done a lot of grappling work in this camp. And they worked with Clay Guida, so yeah, wouldn't be wouldn't be yeah, oh yeah, the Carpenter's a legend. Wouldn't be surprised if right out the gate, like you know, maybe a minute or two into the fight, Paiva shoots for a takedown. If he gets it, we'll see how it goes from there. But as long as Sean keeps it to a kickboxing match and stand up, it's over. It's over. It's over. So I got Sean O'Malley second round TKO. How do you have him winning second round TKO? Yeah, second round TKO. There we go.
The next fight, Kai Car of France versus Cody Garbrandt. Woo! Woo! The 125ers. This is going to be fight of the night. My prediction, fight of the night. It's either, okay. It's either first round knockout or third round decision. It, it ain't going no to the distance. No, no in between? No in between. It's either first round knockout or it's going to the distance. Gotcha. By decision. No in between. This fight is going to be insane. All right. Let's break down the tail of the tape. Kai Car of France, 5'4", 125 pounds official. Cody Garbrandt, 5'8", 125. That weight cut was pretty brutal. Look at your little skeleton out there. Oh, yeah. And like what Adesanya said in the breakdown, you're sacrificing two things here. Your stamina. And your chin. And your chin. Your last chin. And guess what? He's lost four out of his last five. The last time he won was in 2017. Yeah. So, Kai Car France about to pick that boy apart. About to pick that boy apart. We got City Kickboxing versus, what is Cody? Who is Cody fighting? Uh, he's with he, Team, team Favor. Alpha. Yeah, yeah. Ryan Favor. Team Alpha. With this one, all right, I can't, I'm kind of interested in uh, how Faber is game planning with Cody on this because they've done a lot of grappling work. So if you're going to try to ground and pound with a with an elite kickboxer, basically, good luck with that because all, all France has to do is just win the distance battle, set up a TKO with a nice kick, and then it's over. Because at first I was kind of, you know, I wasn't sold so much on uh, on Garbrandt being so vulnerable to getting knocked out. But then looking at him in this weight cut, oof. Doesn't look good. He's just all bone in the chin. And I just feel like even if he were to eat like a fucking two-piece combo, he might even just get knocked. Two-piece and a soda, baby. Two-piece and a soda. Like, Kai Kara could finish it with a... With one punch. Yeah, with, with one, one punch. punch. One punch. He can finish it. Kaikar's France's jab, his jab is so good, but there's a tell to his jab. He jabs, leans right, far right, and if you watch Cody Garbrandt, he throws, like, hooks. Oh, yeah. It's easy for him. If he, like, Kaikar France got to watch for that. He's got to watch. He every, every time, if you watch his fights, he jabs, leans to the right, far right. Garbrandt hooks when he fights. Also, Garbrandt, it's not good, my friend. Towards the end of the round, he just... Just unleashes. Yes. And he's been getting knocked out because of that. He just unleashes for no reason. You want to know why? Emotion. Oh, yeah. If Cody fights an with... emotion fighter. Yeah. If Cody fights with anger rather than technique tomorrow, it's done. It's literally done well, as soon as... that's how he's going to yeah. fight because O'Malley already pissed him off in the presser. Kaikara France is in the zone. You saw, yeah. you saw the face-off. That guy is ready, dude. It's... And they already don't like each other for some reason. I thought they liked each other. Um, I mean... Well, Cody thinks he's just going to take over the 125-pound division because he can't do it in bantamweight anymore. And Kaikara is ready to get in. He's ready to be a title contender at 125. So with my prediction with how this is going down, I have it being a late second-round TKO by, Car by Kaikara France by a right kick right to the dome. and Kick to the dome? Yep. Just puts out Cody Garbrandt. I say he gives him a right hook or right, hook. Or right overhand. Knockout. Kai did say on USC No Filter Podcast, he's for sure knocking him out. Yes. See, that's what he said. He said, I'm for sure knocking him out. And he's also said in the presser. So I'm excited for this fight. I think this is going to be like a little kind of Gagey versus Chandler part two. Part two. Very nice. A little mini one. It's going to be great. So we both are, we both have, we both agreed on O'Malley. We agreed on Garbrandt. This one... I didn't say Garbrandt. Oh, wait, no, not, not Garbrandt. My bad. Kaikara France. We both said Kar Kaikara France. My yeah. bad. This one, I have it being the fight of the night. Jeff Neal versus Ponzinibbio. Yep. 
Great fight. Here we, we go. We got Kansas Steel, Jeff Neal versus Ponzinibbio. Argentine dagger, baby. Jeff Neal. Eight of his last nine finishes, by the way. All finishes. Jeff Neal, I think he's on a three-fight win streak. I'm not sure. Jeff Neal is 13-4. and four. He's coming off a loss. Ponzinibbio, 29-4. Yeah, you're right. Jeff Neal, 5'11", 170. He'll probably be walking around at about 190 pounds in that octagon. Jesus. Ponzinibbio, 6'170". Jeff Neal has the reach advantage by... 75 inches compared to 73 inches. Leg reach goes to Jeff Neal yet again. 41 over 40 and a half. How do you think that this goes down? Oh, this is this is totally going to be a knockout fight. Knockout fight? Both of these guys go for knockouts. Let's see. Jeff Neal has 8 knockouts and then Ponzinibbio has 15. Okay. It, crazy. Crazy knockout power for both of these guys. The difference factor in this fight is Ponzinibbio isn't just so straightforward. He's not just a boxer. He's, he he throws powerful fucking leg kicks. Very composed. Pardon my, pardon my language. Very accurate. Throws these leg kicks that are dangerous. And Jeff Neal, he just sits there with his hands up and just walks right towards you. He can he can move. He can move, but he doesn't. I think that's going to be the end of it. And then Ponzinibbio has this great jab. It's going to go right to his face. Jeff Neal usually eats them. I don't think this time he's not going to eat them. And it's second round TKO for Ponzinibbio. Second round TKO? Yeah. Maybe third. I got an early third early third round TKO for Ponzinibbio by punches. I feel like it gets to the third. It's going to be a battle through two. And once we get to the third, Jeff Neal just loses it. Jeff Neal is also coming off of an arrest as well, too. Yeah. DWI in Texas. Yeah. Thanksgiving. So that's tough. He's got to get that fight of the night check, hopefully. Moving on to the final two. Absolute bangers right here. Bangers. Amanda Nunes versus Juliana Pena. We got the Lioness. The Lioness versus the Venezuelan Vixen. Yeah. Uh, Pena... She likes she likes to do it for the takedown, but I don't, you can't take down the goat. No, she's too strong. No, she's she's an animal. Literally, they call her the lioness. Yeah, but she's literally the goat. Freaking, she has two belts right now. Twelve fight win streak, insane power. Juliana Pena, yeah, she's good. Whatever, I don't think she even matches Nunes. I don't think anyone even should bet against her. I'm not gonna lie. No. I think I think. Pena is like a plus 575 for the odds. Yeah. Terrible. That's, Terrible. Amanda Nunez, 5'8", 135. Pena, 5'6", 135. Even reach, advan- or even reach at 69 inches. Nice. Uh, leg reach goes to Nunez, 41 inches compared to 39. And, yeah, Nunez, good lord, man. Best female fighter in combat combat sports history. History. So, obviously, I have her winning. I'll go ahead and say early third round uh, TKO. I have the same thing. Yeah. Dude, whoever you're picking next, I'm going against it. We we have a little different here. Really? We have have something different. We can't just be the same the whole time. Hey, no, we did go 4-1 on the last card, though. Yeah, we did. Hey. We did. <laughs> it's our bad for choosing a fucking underdog with Quarantillo, but... Quarantillo. Quarantillo, sorry. Come on, dude. Grow up. Come 
Hornchillo. Um, yeah, so we got Nunez early third, early third round TKO. I feel like, you know, she wobbles wobbles her a bit, gets the takedown, and then just finishes it from there. Just, just so, throwing so many punches. I think Pena, when she fights, she kind of rushes after her opponent, and she'll eat the shots to get the takedown. She'll <laughs> eat a few. So I think if she can eat a few punches from Nunez and still, you know, have some composure, she could get her on the ground and get a submission. She could. Because Pena is really good at submitting. And she goes through her opponent. She forces herself through for the takedown, get him on the ground, choke, armbar, whatever. You name it. She got it. But Nunez, she's going to stuff those takedowns, I think, in my opinion. She's going to stuff it. And then Pena's just going to stop trying. They're just going to try to do a stand-up battle. And I think that's where Nunez takes it in the third round. Early, mid, knockout. All right. So, so far we have... O'Malley winning yep. by TKO, second round. Kaikara France, second round TKO. Yep. I got Ponzinibbio, uh, third round TKO. You have Ponzinibbio, second, second round, round second TKO. Round. And then we got Nunez, early third round TKO. Now, last but not least, the best for last for the lightweight title, Charles Oliveira. Charles Dubronx Oliveira yep. versus Dustin, Dustin the, the Diamond, Diamond Poirier. Poirier. Let's go, baby. All right. An absolute movie it's going to be. We got Oliveira, most submission wins in UFC history. I think he has the most finishes in UFC history, too. Don't Thir- don't yeah. Quote me. Don't quote me. 31-8, one no contest for Oliveira. Poirier, 28-6 with one no contest, obviously. They've both been here for about 11 years in the UFC. Yeah. 11 years. It's a blue-collar fight here. Poirier coming off two wins against Conor McGregor. Oliveira coming off of a win against Michael Chandler. Yeah. His first title defense. Crazy. And before that, and before that, and before that, this guy's insane. The names he's beat recently, you know, Tony Ferguson, Michael Chandler, geez, who else? Yeah, it kind of it kind of evens out the names that he's lost to and the names that he's beat because he has lost to uh, Frankie Edgar. Yeah, but Frankie's a legend. Yeah. And that's when he was also very early on in his UFC career. So... 5'10", 155 to Oliveira. 5'9", 155 to Dustin Poirier. Oliveira has the 74-inch reach. Poirier, 72 inches. Leg reach, 41 inches to Oliveira. 40 and a half to Dustin Poirier. We have a very skilled boxer in Poirier. Elite striker. He's also good on the ground. Not good on the ground. Not as Oliveira, but he's good on the ground. Black belt in jiu-jitsu, solid wrestling as well too, but then we got Charles Oliveira who's continuing to progress with each fight and is striking. He's learning and learning and learning and learning. Michael Chandler, gets rocked, you show me the video, he gets rocked, and then next round comes, perfect, what, counter? Oh, it's beautiful, a good good right-left. Chandler barely puts his hand down and just gets cracked, does not recover since. So... Oliveira is also probably now that Khabib's out of the UFC, I'd say the best, the grap- best yeah, grappler in the, UFC. in the UFC. So with this one here, all right. Early on, Dustin Poirier has to absolutely be on top of it with his takedown defense because if he shows any vulnerability to it, even yeah. getting sucked into a clinch, he's just going to be fighting an uphill battle. In the first two rounds of Poirier is 
fighting out of a guard. If he's on his back, just fighting for his life. Even if he's sucked into a clinch up against the cage, it's over. It's over. I mean... You're going to get worn out. Poirier has the best stamina. Mate, uh, I'm not going to say the best. He's up there with the stamina. He's yeah. great. He can go the distance, which he says he wants to do. Yes. He says, I want to take this fight into bloody waters, and I want to see who wants it more, me or him. And I believe I want it more. That's what he said. Yeah. Okay. You saw versus Khabib, he tends to get sloppy. He just... Yeah. He even said himself, he got lazy. You don't get lazy in a fight like that. Yeah. This is the fight of your career, and you get, oh, I just got a little lazy on my defense. You don't get lazy. You fucking push yourself. And you, you ain't... You gotta do it. Yeah. Because this guy, Oliveira, he's insane. It's, the second he sees anything, it's over. Big opportunist of a fight. Big opportunist, yeah. Big opportunist. That's why if... If Poirier's weak at the base, he can't. Get, he cannot let him get his back. There's no. Oh, no. There's no freaking you, way. Yeah, you can't you, give your back to Oliver. You can't give your back to Oliver, and if it happens, oh, give me a break. I'm All right. Over. So with this Four one, points. if Poirier keeps it stand up, stuffs takedowns, and keeps it to a boxing match, that's where he'll have his edge because he's going to get accurate. Yeah. You know, land your easy shots, land those body shots. He's great with the street. Land those kicks. Take away his mobility with the calf kicks. He's, Maybe a little oblique. Yeah. Right to the freaking... Bah, right in the knee. He's skinnier. He's, you know, he's... he's obviously, yeah. Yeah, he's lanky. He's lanky. Take away his mobility. Hit, Hit those legs knee. in. Yeah. Hit the knee. Hit him in the core. Yep. Take away his mobility. For Oliveira, though, don't turn it into a boxing match, obviously. You know, you can, you can entertain it a little bit, but shoot for the takedown. Throw some kicks in there, too. Do not turn it into a boxing match with Dustin Poirier. As for Dustin, if you're off, uh, if you're not on your back so much after round two, that's where things are going to get really interesting. Round three, you round know, round three is where Dustin Poirier is going to pick it up. His stamina is going to shine. That's what I think. That's where we see who wants it more after round three. Yeah, Oliveira, even if he gets Dustin on his back and he can't get a submission, he's going to go on with the elbows, dude. He yeah. can, he he he's not scared to go through that guard to get a get a fucking hit in the face. That's what I like. He'll eat those shots. He'll fucking elbow that motherfucker. So for this one, uh, if Oliveira is to win it, it's either by decision or by submission. Because if Poirier lets it go to the judges, that's going to Oliveira. You can't do that in a world title fight. You can't. Unless you've absolutely beat the fuck beat the shit out of him. Beat yeah. the shit out of him and he survived. It could happen. It yeah. could. But I mean, look how bad he got rocked versus Michael Chandler. Yeah. And look what Dustin Poirier did to Justin Gagey. Like, Gagey, the highlight, he he beat the shit out of him. Accurate, deadly, powerful. Justin Gagey was about to get knocked out and then the rest stopped it. Thankfully. Yeah. You know, Michael Chandler also rocked Gagey. But look what he did to Oliveira. Chandler rocked him bad. And I can't believe the ref didn't stop the fight right there. Because it... It looked like he was he was on the ground, on his knees, and his head was down. He was still getting hit. Somehow he recovered. You know, I think Dustin can get a good good shot off. He'll take advantage of it. For Dustin, you have to finish it. No, It doesn't matter how. You ain't going to submit him. Yeah, you have to finish. You ain't going to submit him, but yeah. you have to knock him out. I agree. I don't know who I'm taking this fight. I really don't. Really? Uh, I, I want Dustin Poirier to win. Like, I'm not lying. But it's very logical to take Oliveira by submission. Which I am in round four. Submission round four. Submission round four? Yep. I'm going to go ahead and take uh, Dustin Poirier 
early. You, you did look like him. You guys are actually probably cousins. <laughs> you guys look exactly like. I'm gonna take Poirier and New, uh, round five TKO. Round five. It's gonna be so an. So they are going to deep waters. It's gonna be a dog fight. I the hope first, so. yeah, it's gonna be a dog fight through three rounds. Round four, stamina's tested. Poirier might get sloppy. He might even get taken down, but I feel like he survives. Survive. Yeah, just enough to get out of round four. Round five. Adrenaline's pumping championship round, baby. Championship rounds. Poirier has the blood flowing. He's on his feet. He's landing those calf kicks. Takes away his mobility. Sets up know. a beautiful finish. Right know. hook. Boom. I don't want either of them to lose. Yeah, That's it sucks. Problem. We're picking our poison here. It's literally the problem here. I'm going with the logical answer because I'm a professional. I'm a professional, you know. Yeah. I go against my team all the time. It happens. But Oliveira, submission, round four, Dustin's going to get sloppy. I have a feeling. He's going to get quote-unquote lazy again. You don't get lazy in championship fights. It just You don't. You don't. So, yeah. You got Oliveira and still. I yes. got Dustin Poirier and, and New. I don't mind the outcome of it Me neither. at all because... Either way, someone's happy. With the way it goes down, if Dustin Poirier is and new, he's going to get Justin Cagey. Or, yeah, yeah Cagey. We'll see him in uh, Lafayette, Louisiana, or New Orleans, basically, for a title defense. For Oliveira, if he loses the belt, I believe he's going to go and take on the winner of Islam and Benil. I think freaking Benil going to take that. You think Benil's going to take that? Yeah. That'll be fun to pod. Um... He's taking that. But for Poirier, if he loses, I feel like that's his last title shot in the lightweight division. Oh, I think I think that's his last title shot ever. He's freaking old as hell. And I feel like he moves up to 170, and that's where things are going to get interesting to see if we see a Colby versus Poirier. I think he's going Masvidal first. Masvidal first? Maybe, maybe Edwards. Well, because Masvidal might be... Uh, on his way out. Yeah. Yeah. After, uh, yeah. after the fight with Colby. Yeah. Yeah. Stay tuned on that one, though. We can't wait to pot about that one, but yeah. Well, are they doing it? Are they going to coach Ultimate Fighter? It's in the works, and it's heavily rumored, and it'd be great for entertainment. So, yeah, I absolutely feel like it's going to happen. What's Masvidal's rate? Four? And Colby's one, for sure. Yeah. But Masvidal is... He's not going to get a title shot anytime soon. He got swept by uh, Usman, and... He was supposed to fight Leon. He pulled out because he had a cartilage tear in his rib. So now... Then Leon pulled out because he wants a real opportunity fight. Yeah, for a title shot. But Dana's like, we're not going to get into that right away. He doesn't want to fight... Com- com- I mean, a- Hamza. Hey. <laughs> we don't he's, do that here. He's a good fighter. He's a good fighter. I'm on that hype train. I, I might be on the hype train. He's a good fighter. He's just annoying me right now. He's just annoying me right now. Because he's, he's calling everyone out. It's funny. He's calling... He called out Hasbulla, bro. Hey, he called out Hasbulla. Shit, uh, who else is? He's called out Adesanya. He's called out everyone. Yeah. He, uh, what else? Adesanya's taking that. I'm just... Well, yeah, of course. So, yeah. Um, after... Let's say O'Malley gets the win against Paiva. Who do you think that he should call out after that? Because before his own fight, and this is where Sean needs to get out of his head. Dude... Fight ranked fighters. He yes. called out. He called out Adrian uh, Yanez, who's not even ranked. No, Adrian called him out, and people are saying that. Did have you seen that? People are ranking Yanez as the best 
the 15 strikers. Yeah. Are they dumb? Well, the thing with this, though, is Sean, he put up the eye emojis on Twitter. Yeah. And then Aljo goes, Who do you want next? Who do you want next, champ? Giannis. And then he goes, Giannis, champ. That right there, dude, he's not even fucking ranked. No, but that's not the thing. Is Giannis called his ass out on yeah. my TV. Fuck that guy, by the way. That guy's nothing. So with this, I say, don't even entertain Giannis. Forget about that. He was supposed to fight uh, Gallagher, or however you pronounce his name, and then he pulled out of that one. Move your way up. Move your way up. I say you either call out Dominic Cruz, Pedro Munoz. I don't think you should fight Dominic Cruz. Dominic Cruz, I think, is going to lose. Or stick to calling out Cody Garbrandt. Cody Garbrandt. Why not? Cody? Nah, I slipped Uh, up on that. He ain't no fucking goat. Yeah, no shit. Yeah, stick to calling out Cody Garbrandt. He's got to call out Cheeto Vera. For a rematch? Yes, sir. Holy shit. Undefeated. He's undefeated. That should have been a dark stop. Yeah, because his leg fucking gave He's got to call out Cheeto Vera for a rematch. But Cheeto has his eyes on Aldo. Aldo's not taking that. Aldo's going up. He's going for TJ Dillashaw. He's going for TJ. That's my prediction. I predict Aldo's going straight because Corey Sanhagen already lost to uh, Dillashaw, right? Sanhagen should go for Font, right? Yes. Yeah. They should go for each other. Because Corey Sanhagen is number four and Ralph Font's number five. Aldo's number three now and Dillashaw's at the two. Peter Yon's interim champ. What happened to Sterling? Is he hurt? What's going on? He's the he's the official champ. Yeah, no, but is he hurt or something? Because why, why is there an interim? He had to he had to pull out of the fight versus uh, Yon because of an injury. Okay. And then Yon had to take on Sanhagen because okay, of that. Okay, so for Sterling, the Sterling is in, injured. Yes. Okay. Now he's recovering. But for O'Malley, I say either stick to calling out Garbrandt because if Garbrandt loses, he'll move back up to Bantamweight. There's no point to stay in the flyweight division. And like what O'Malley said, that's how stupid you are. You'll drop down to 125, lose, then come up to 135 to face fucking O'Malley. That's how stupid you are. There's no point in going into the flyweight division if you're going to do that. So, yeah, stick to calling out Cruz because you get that win over Cruz, you just beat a Bantamweight legend. That's someone on your resume right there. You beat Munoz, and Munoz beat Cruz. That's another good win on your resume right there, or another good fight. Yep. But, uh, yeah, so I say call out Cruz, Munoz, or Garbrandt. Um, I, I still think you should call out Chino Vera. That's, that's the money fight. I said Murab, but that's not going to happen. Who? Murab. Who's that? Where's Murab? Murab. I can't even pronounce that last name. Murab the Machine. That's a high jump, dude. Fuck it. He's already he's already had some words on Murab. Yeah. Yeah, he said he said if I could put the he said if I could put a bet on the most boring fight, it'd be Murab. And it was on the it was Damn. on the same card where it was like banger. Damn. That was good. No, that was good. That was, I, have, I actually have the audio clip in here. I'll, I'll pull it up later. So yeah, O'Malley needs to stick to fighting ranked people. If you're truly coming after Peter Yawn in the belt, you have to continue to fight That's ranked fighters. Up. That's fucked up. What? Sterling technically has the belt. But I think Yon's taking that belt. Yes. Right yeah. Um, I told you on the presser, he says, I'll be the most hyped fight whether I'm on the... Pre- uh, main card. It's yeah. like, dude, you have this mindset to where you already don't want to fight ranked fighters. You just want to keep getting your little money down here. You don't care about the title. You're getting the same money. Bro, you, you stop that shit. He made 400000 off of knocking out Eddie Wineland. Imagine what kind of money you're going to get on the fucking pre or down on the prelims. See, there I am again. 
uh, on the fucking main card. I got that same mindset as fucking Sugar Sean O'Malley. Oh my god. It happens when you're fucking studying him. Wow. Banger. No, dude. O'Malley, he's got to call out Cheeto Vera. That's the money fight. He has to call Dana, out Cheeto Dana. Vera, huh? Dana. Dana. Dana White. Set it up. Cheeto Vera versus Sean O'Malley. Two. March. 2022, baby. 2022. Get Is it co-main or what? Co-main it now. Five rounds? No. Fuck it. No. Three rounds. That, uh, yes. That's that's not that's not a main event fight. Let's be honest. It's just because the Sean O'Malley's not a main event fight. You're uh, you already have freaking Darius and Islam fighting on March. Five so fucking rounds. No, they're in fe- no, they're in uh, February. Was, is it February or is it January? I thought it was end of the month January. No. No. Oh yeah, it's February. That's right. February twenty seventh. I get, could be wrong. Get Sean O'Malley in March, dude. Get him in April, maybe. Get him yeah, he he wanted he wanted he wanted Yanez in March too. Yeah, there Yanez. you go. There you go. Yeah, stay away from the Yanez fight because Yanez was like beat the twenty fiver and then we'll talk. Don't even entertain that. Um, as for what do you think's next for uh, Ponz or Ponzinibbio if uh, he gets the win? He's already eight for nine. Okay, he'll go nine for ten if he knocks out Jeff Neal. Right. Let's 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 look at the rankings here for Walters. Walter weight. You already know Usman. He called out Usman. Fuck that. Grow up, dude. Maybe take... Wait, is Bilal Muhammad? Oh, 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 this will be a good one. This will be really good. This will be good. Yeah, Bilal Muhammad's number 10. That would be a good one. Get the winner of Wonder Boy and Bilal Muhammad. No, he should fight Sean Brady. Sean Brady? Sean Brady's a great fighter, dude. Sean Brady thinks he has the best grappling in the UFC. Okay. <laughs> he needs to grow up, too. He needs to grow like, up. Dude, seriously, grow up. But that would be a sick fight. Ponzinibbio versus Sean Brady? Fuck it. Why not Hamzat? That'd be a good one too, because no one wants to fight the damn guy. Yeah, every dude. All right, it's what, shown on what, record. What weight class is Hamzat? Hamzat's offered Dana. He said, "I will." Cu-. All right, so it was fucking funny. I was going through his Twitter, and uh, Ali Abdi, uh, however you pronounce yeah. his last name, yeah, yeah, he yeah. confirmed. Yeah. yeah, he preferred or he confirmed that Chris Weidman turned down a fight with Hamzat. Damn. And then another. Uh, they said like six other welterweight fighters have turned down fights with Hamzat. So Hamzat goes, no one's taking my fight at welterweight, so I'm going to start calling out at middleweight. Immediately calls out Israel Adesanya. Jesus. Um, he called out like two others at middleweight, and uh, there was two okay. declines. Well, he called out Darren Till as a joke because they're just good friends. But, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So Hamzat and Ponzinibbio, why not? But I'm sure that... With all the hype, Hamzat's probably eyeing the top five. I don't blame him when you have Nate Diaz saying, Vincent. get this fucker out yeah, of here. get this fucker out of here, dude. And uh, Vincente Luque's already entertaining it. Fucking dude. dude, Gilbert Burns is already entertaining it. Gilbert Burns wants to fight uh, Hamzat. Gilbert Burns will beat the shit out of that guy. Really? He's a four-time gold medalist for, for Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, dude. You can't... Even, even DC said it. The daddest man in the planet said it. Well, about him wrestling, doing a wrestling match. Yeah. He said, when I used to do wrestling in the Olympics and I saw Sweden on my on my same card, I laughed because it was that easy. Really? I think it's a different beast Oh, nowadays. you think it's a different beast? Hey, DC needs to do his homework. Hey, he's the daddest man on the planet, baby. He also needs to do his homework. Shout out. Max Holloway. Blessed. Do you mute the TV when DC's on? I, I yell at it, actually, because I hate his commentating. <laughs> All right, UFC 269 tomorrow. Thanks for another great show. We're going to plug some shows right now. 
football show on Tuesday with Hook and Ladder Sports. Hook and Ladder Sports football show. Absolutely. Tuesdays. Ethan's baseball show, usually on Thursdays. Thursdays. That's always in the works. Built different on either Friday or Saturdays. We're going to continue this UFC work. Next show, we're going to be covering, what is it, the Nganu card? Nganu, January 22nd. January and Brandon 22nd. Moreno fight in that card, too. There we go. Two title fights again, back-to-back. Then after that, we're going to stay consistent. We're going to cover Benil Dar- or Darius and Islam Makachev. Yep. Absolute banger. Kickboxer versus only wrestler. Only wrestler. Yes. All right, let's get to it. Catch you guys later. Thank you again. Peace.